Hope you're staying cool out there as well. In Melbourne town here, 32 degrees and rising. She's going to be pretty sticky and uncomfortable today. A late change forecast for 5 o'clock-ish, but that could bring anything. All sorts of wind and thunderstorms predicted later on. So look after yourselves out there. Uh, the Aussie Summer of Cricket comes to a close tonight. It's uh, in the form of the final T20 game between Australia and the West Indies over at Perth's Opta Stadium. And in what has been a very one-sided white ball component of the Windies Tour, we've jumped on board, have we, what, the Jake Fraser-McGurk story. And it may yet get another chapter tonight after he was yesterday dropped into the T20 squad for this Windies game. Ben Horn, as I said earlier, one of the uh, country's great cricket journalists for News Corp. And he joins us on the line this morning. Benny, welcome. Okay, Sam, how are you going? Thanks great, for having us. Great to talk to you again, mate. Has been a, has been a while. Um, now, surely the temptation here is too great to ignore. And we're all a, a selector at, uh, at times like these. But Glenn Maxwell stays in and Jake Fraser-McGurk bats alongside him. The master and the apprentice in what is uh, obviously a dead rubber tonight. Surely this is going to happen. Well, that would be the dream result. I'd love to see them going at it together. Yeah, look, I mean, it was a bit of a shock, Fraser-McGurk being brought in for one game. Um, so you would have to think he's got to be a pretty strong chance of playing, really, uh, if they're if they're bringing him in. Um, and, you know, to be honest, it's been one of the highlights of the summer. I know he's only played a couple of matches, but, um, you know, it's hard to put your finger on, but he has that magic that Maxwell has, that David Warner had of, you know, people just want to see Fraser McGurk play. And uh, obviously, you know, he's got a lot to prove before he becomes a certified international cricketer, but he's just got that um, X factor about him where he just, yeah, he just seems like a natural born star. So, yeah, look, I'm not I'm not exactly sure what their plans are. Obviously, they're working on a bit of a predetermined schedule at the moment, the selectors, with resting players here and there. They've mm. got the T20 World Cup coming up later in the year. So they'll have some sort of plan. But, yeah, Fraser McGurk coming in, I'd be surprised if he if he wasn't playing, if they were going into that effort of bringing him into camp. Yeah, he's amazing bang for buck, isn't he? 41 off 18 in that ODI in Canberra last week when they were chasing a, a measly total as well. Would have been easy for him to pad the ball around, but that's that's not his style. Do you feel like they've played him enough, Ben? Have they got the balance right or have they played him too much? Or how do you assess his, you know, there's got to be selection integrity and you can't be seen to be experimenting too much. Um, have they got the balance right? Oh, I think so. I mean, he played two of the three one-day matches. The first match, um, obviously, Travis Head, uh, the, the player of the World Cup final last year, was mm. playing. So it's hard to argue that he should have got a run there ahead of um, ahead of Travis Head. So, look, I, th- I think so. I mean, I think the way he performed in the Big Bash and also the one-day cut where he scored that amazing uh, double century, it, it, you know, that was certainly a summer that warranted an Australian call-up. And let's have a look at this guy. So I think that's what they've done. And, um, no, I think they've got it just about right. I mean, it was a shame. I was at the game in Sydney where he smashed, uh, you know, 10 runs off the first couple of balls and then was out. And, you know, that was a real shame. It would have been great to see him go for a few overs there in Sydney. And then, you know, we were sort of robbed in Canberra as well because it was such a small chase. Um, mm. It would have been great to see him have a bit more work to do there as well. So we've only seen glimpses of him. But, um, you know, I think the selectors have got it right that, this is a guy we should be looking at really early. And I don't know, Ben, but what are you? You're, a, you're an astute observer. Is this is this is what it's going to be like watching him, though, isn't it, going forward? If we get our crystal balls out, we're going to have to be prepared for the old frustrating dismissal where he does go cheap, and then there's other times where he's seemingly going to go very, very large indeed. Oh, exactly. I mean, you've seen it in his two uh, innings so far for Australia. He's swung everything at the very, at the very first ball yep. of the uh, 
of the inning. So, yeah, look, I mean, I think as he gets older and he develops, he will um, develop extra gears. Um, and that's what has made David Warner um, in particular and, and, um, and Glenn Maxwell such amazing cricketers is that they do have different levels to their game. I mean, Glenn Maxwell's um, an incredible player of spin bowling which um, I guess is something that Fraser McGurk will probably need to continue to work on. So it's important to remember he's nowhere near the finished product. And, you know, guys like Warner and, and Maxwell haven't got to where they have just on uh, sheer talent. You know, they're, they're very smart cricketers as well. Um, so, yeah, look, he's got a long way to go, but he's been identified as someone who just has that, has that X factor. And, um, and, you know, I think, I think we will be seeing a lot more of him and, Hopefully he has a career like one of those guys because if he does, uh, it's a good thing for Australian cricket and for us as uh, watchers of cricket. Now, I was going to ask you about where Zagar, and just as I was about to, a text just dropped in here uh, taking, uh, well, almost like they, they know what I'm thinking here because this text has said here, Benny, where Zagar couldn't even get a game for the strikers in the back half of the BBL. How have the Aussie selectors put him in the squad for tonight? Yeah, well... It's an interesting question. I mean, obviously, Wes Agar has played for Australia before, so he's someone who has been on their radar for a couple of years, I guess. Um, Look, it is strange, um, you know, when you have that kind of season for your club and then you're getting picked for your country. But I do think 2020 cricket does lend itself to that sort of thing. It can be a bit based on style and, um, you know, perhaps the Australian team are looking for something different than what, the strikers were at that at that point, but look, it is a strange one, I've got to say. But um, you know, you know, it's probably a decision that's based on more than just recent form. I mean, yeah, Wes has played for Australia before and mm. has shown a lot of promise. So, I guess you know, in a T20 World Cup year, perhaps he provides a backup in an area that they think they might, uh, you know, be a bit short on or something. And um, this is the time to have a bit of a look at him. You mentioned Maxi Glenn Maxwell, uh, as we said earlier. If uh, if you know, Jake Fraser McGurk is the apprentice. This man is the master. I tell you what, he's returned to Adelaide went a little bit smoother than uh, than the January visit, Benny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Look, uh, it was an unfortunate incident, as um, as Glenn sort of touched on the other night. But look, one thing you you got to say about Maxwell is that despite some of the kind of bizarre incidents he's got caught up in over the last twelve months, it hasn't affected his performance mm. because. He, I, I don't think, I think with, you know, this is him at his absolute peak. I don't think we've seen Glenn Maxwell better than uh, the way he's played over the last 18 months. So, um, you know, despite breaking his leg and despite the concussion in the middle of the World Cup, you know, none of it has affected uh, the way he's played. So, you know, obviously he would have been embarrassed about what happened in Adelaide a few weeks ago. But, um, you know, and I'd be surprised if, the Australian hierarchy haven't had a bit of a chat to him, I suppose, about his responsibilities and, and all that kind of thing. But, you know, he certainly is delivering on the park and, um, you know, the most entertaining cricketer to watch in Australia, yeah. for sure. And it just goes into the whole makeup of the man for me, I reckon. Just the mischievous nature, the risk taker, everything that he does out in the middle almost is, is mm. his personality in many ways. So 
comes back to yeah. perhaps. I mean, I know he's got to conform to team standards, of course, in a, in a team sport, but you've got to take the bad with the good. So it was 120 off 55 on Sunday night, the fastest T20 international century on Australian soil. Unbelievable. What about the under-19 World Cup? I really wanted to ask you about this as well, Benny. You know, this is the next generation. First title um, in a World Cup, ODI World Cup, for well over a, a decade. In fact, I think Mitch Marsh might have skipped the last one. Um, what does it look like? Obviously, the future is in pretty good hands here. Yeah, look, it's always hard to tell, um, Sam, because, you know, obviously there's an under-19s Australian team every year or every couple of years. And, you know, I guess the the, the sheer uh, raw numbers of it suggest that most of them won't make yeah. the top. Um, and that's just the reality of it because, um, you know, it, it's it's a, it's a, you know, cutthroat sort of business. But, um, but look, there, there does appear to be some real serious talent in this team. Um, you know, just to name a few, um, Hugh Webgen, the, the captain from Queensland, you know, from whatever everyone tells me, he's, you know, he's a 19 year old kid who, you know, really has a, you know, 30 year old head on his shoulders, if you know what I mean. He's a very mature sort of guy, very, very good leader and very good batsman. So I think, if not the tail end of this season, the next season, I think we'll see him start to come through for Queensland. Um, Sam Constance in Sydney has already played a Shield game and, and I think he'll play one or two more for New South Wales before the season's out. Um, Marley Beardman from Western Australia has played a one-day game already for Western Australia. He's just the latest in um, this long, uh, this huge um, talent burst that they've had over in WA. And there's a couple of really great prospects from Victoria as well. Um, Harry Dixon, who's already played with the Melbourne Renegades. You know, he's a very exciting cricketer and, and was a key man in the semi-final and the final there. And um, the, the the youngest player in the team, um, Oliver Peake, only 17 years of age. So he's got a couple more years to go at this level. But um, there's people who are very excited about this kid. And, um, you know, he's 46 or 43 balls in the final. I'd say was just about the difference between the two teams, uh, obviously mm. Australia ended up winning by a fair bit, but that was a really key innings. It sort of, I guess, took took Australia from potentially a pretty kind of mediocre uh, total to, you know, 250 plus, which was always going to be pretty tough to chase in an under-19s final. So, um, yeah, look, it, the, the future's bright uh, for Australian cricket, but I guess um, the real work starts for these kids now, you know, like to make the under-19s team, that's, that's you know, mostly on talent, but once you get into state cricket and, and the big bash and, and all this sort of stuff, I guess hard work really comes into it as well. So, you know, still a lot of work for these guys to do to, to make the big time. Yeah, it's an insanely high bar, isn't it? We're having a chat to News Corp cricket journalist Ben Horn. So, Ben, uh, just coming back to the to the men, a New Zealand tour coming up. I'm on three T20s to get through first, but I wanted to ask you about the two tests. And, you know, it's a great shame we can't at least get three tests over there. Um, what are we in store for over there? Because New Zealand in their own backyard are always tough competition. Well, basically all the pressure is on Australia. I mean, they've lost their last test against the West Indies, which was a massive shock. And when you watch the one-day games, it's hard to believe that they lost to the West Indies. Um, so, and New Zealand is a tricky opponent. I mean, if you look at the record books... Um, I think uh, my colleague Crash was writing the other day that New Zealand's only won one test match against Australia in Pat Cummins' lifetime. But despite all that, they are a bit of a tricky team to beat in New Zealand in their own conditions. You know, the ball will hoop around a bit um, and it's tough. Like, the batting lineup for Australia did not perform that well 
during the summer, and, and this will be a testing testing place for them to go. So the expectation is Australia will win the series. Certainly for their World Test Championship defence, they need to win after dropping that last game to the West Indies. But it won't be easy. So, yeah, there's, there's actually a fair bit of pressure on Australia going into this series. And, you know, a couple of positions in the batting lineup going into that big home summer next next uh, summer against India, um, you know, potentially going on the line here. So there's a lot to play for. Hey, now, just before I let you go, Ben, you mentioned India, and thank goodness this uh, third test is about to roll around. I'll tell you what, I couldn't take my eyes off the second test. So this is test three of five, series tied at 1-1. I'm not sure how much of this you've seen. I'm tipping a fair bit, but, gee, entertaining as ever, a, a five-test uh, a five test series in India. And um, with everything England bring to the table, you can't you can't turn it off. Well, exactly. I mean, I, I just love what England are doing. I mean, I know um, during the Ashes last year, it was getting a bit tough to take with uh, you know, England enjoying their own work a bit too much, perhaps. But what they have done in Test cricket is phenomenal. And I think you have to sit back and just appreciate how much they have uh, changed the game, just their entire attitude to playing. I mean, I know they lost the second Test by 100 runs, but really, in, in you know, in previous years, that would have been an innings victory to India. You know, they still they still hung in there for most of the match. And, um, you know, I, yeah, you just can't take your eyes off this England team. I'm not sure whether they'll be good enough to win a five-test series. But, um, you know, India know now that they're... Oh, we just lost Benny. That's okay. It was our it was our last uh, question and answer anyway. But uh, shame to have him cut off so drastically there at uh, the end. He disappeared in a flash. Uh, ben Horn joining us uh, from New School, of course, uh, does a fantastic job. Has done for a long, long time when it comes uh, to cricket here and around the world. Uh, Eric dropped us a, a message while we were chatting, though. Disappointed that yesterday was not again named as Glenn at Maxwell Day. Jared should have done so from Vegas. Good on you, Eric. And this one from four nine two off the ground. In regards to Glenn Maxwell, off the ground, he's not Maxwell smart. You know what? Dad jokes will always be welcome here, and I'll make no apologies for that. So game three tonight, Australia in the Windies. The coverage begins 6.30 p.m. It's live from Optus Stadium. Of course, Peter Vlahos and Brad Hogg to call all the action for us here at SEN. You won't miss a ball, and it's all for the Henley Mortgage Fund. 1000 bucks a month off your home loan for two years, and it's all backed by Henley's $7 billion parent.